0: Albert Einstein once said that play is the highest form of research. Well, let's get ready to do some research. This is teach, play, learn the podcast, and I am your host, Adam Peterson. Before we get to today's episode, got to give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use. Brian and Neil, my buddies from the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Visit CuckooKangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch, as well as check out their YouTube channel. And a big thank you to our sponsor of teach, play, learn the podcast. Jose and Sean, my friends from Berto & Co. If you don't know what Berto & Co is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoAndCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, T-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoAndCo.com. Let's get to today's topic. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am Adam Peterson, your host of the Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast. So excited to have another guest here today to talk all about playful learning through math. He is one of the co-authors of the book Math Recess, Playful Learning in an Age of Disruption. We have Chris here from the book. Chris Brownell, did I say your name right?
1: Yeah, just like the color in the letter, Brownell.
0: Brownell. I meant to ask you before we started, and I totally forgot. Well, welcome, Chris. How are you? No
1: worries. I'm doing great. Thanks. You know, as great as anybody can be in the middle of uh COVID isolation at yeah. home. You know?
0: That's what we keep saying. In all these times of uncertainty, we're doing the best that we can because no one really knows what's going on. But uh yeah, I'm so I, excited I, you're here today and uh would love to hear more about you before we dive into the book. So tell us about your, yourself as an educator, as a as a human being. What what who is who is Chris?
1: Uh okay. So um when people ask me this, I usually just go back and say, I am a high school math teacher, um, uh, which I did for 14 years. And now for the last 16 years, I haven't done, but I still see myself <laughs> as a high school math teacher in my heart, in my soul. It's sort of what I do. I, um, I, my educational background is I, I earned a bachelor's degree in mathematics um after taking a couple of years off after high school um because i was that i was also that kid who ran off the stage at graduation (laughs) screaming and yelling i'm finally done i'm (laughs) sick of this um only to go back to the same high school and do my um student teaching oh wow six years six or eight years later so yeah it was um uh, it was dramatic shifts happened in my life, and and um, I always had an interest in in education. I I always had an interest in in mathematics. I was a terrible math student in school, flunked algebra two, flat out F. Um, got a uh, decided I loved mathematics while I was just sort of um, puttering around um, outside of college. Okay, and the, went back and. Placed right into I placed into a calculus course, but decided to take a pre-calculus course, even though I failed algebra two. um, (laughs) And three years later, I I was ready to take calculus. They said, Um, but I um, I I didn't didn't go through my undergraduate degree unscathed. I struggled all the way through. I struggle with the concept of school, or the way, not so much the concept, but the way in which we sort of uh, uh, force kids to do things in school, and the way we structure, the structure of school, I believe it's way overstructured. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so anyway, I, I finally finished up that bachelor's degree, and I got my teaching credential, and I taught for um, 13, 14 years and was constantly looking at um, uh, ways to change the, the school I was in and the classroom. I was constantly upgrading the, the course and the materials that I would teach. I taught everything from um, consumer math uh, or actually in those days, they still had general math uh, when I started teaching general math to ninth graders and uh i taught general math through ap calculus in the high school wow and switched over um along the way i picked up a master's degree and then i switched over and i taught i was teaching undergraduate mathematics at a local um private liberal arts university where i'm still at fresno pacific university and um I did that for about eight, 10 years and decided I really do need a PhD to continue on. And so at 50, I started my doctoral program and I graduated with a PhD at 55.
0: Congratulations. Uh, That's awesome.
1: Thanks. I I was kind of pleased with it. Uh, uh, It was nice to be able to get through that much Um, individual work and and writing and think through all those ideas. Um, My degree is in mathematics education from the Claremont Graduate University um, with a focus on policy and practice because I am I'm really um, not interested in the way we practice the teaching of mathematics and so I'm really interested in finding ways of changing that and, and working within the system to change the system as best well, that, i that's can that's wonderful
0: to hear as an educator and a parent of elementary age students that's that is that is wonderful to hear i'm so i'm so glad to hear that
1: thanks i i i am super excited to see things change um honestly as hard and as miserable as the as isolation is as this pandemic is and as hard on parents and teachers as Doing this distance learning uh, has been and and unfortunately an as inequitable as it as it has been administered, I see this time as we turn the corner and start to really rethink how I mean as we start going back to school and opening up the economy and the world again sometime in the future, not this month I hope um, but uh I, I really see this as an opportunity to change schools fundamentally. So, totally, um, we we time has come; and it really has come that we we need to make that shift.
0: Yeah, I've I've been um, reading a ton of articles on that kind of stuff. Like, it seems like every day there's a new article about, and I'm I'm looking mainly at like the primary level because that's what I taught, but. Um, seeing so many saying like our kids are going to need to play not just for the academic purpose of it but because they haven't socialized with anyone for for you know months on end and and there's it seems like there's something new coming out every single day supporting that mindset that that let's get them moving get them moving get them moving before we think about sitting them back down in a desk you know and and i know there's more Uh to it than that but it's it's yeah it's i'm interested to see where this is going to go a friend of mine said something she's working as a an instructional coach and kind of teaching her staff from home as her staff teaches their students from home. And she said something to me recently that I, I thought was really powerful. And she said, I know there's so many negatives surrounding this, but I'm really excited about the positives and I'm really excited to see how the way teachers have stepped up during this time carries over into the way they teach in their classrooms in the future. And I, and I think that's such a really good way to look at this, that you said it best, there, there is gonna be a shift and, and we've already kind of made that. And I, I pray, hope and pray that it, that it continues into classrooms for sure. Me too. I,
1: you know, if, if it's, (laughs) I have a friend who's, who's, you know, who's a, she's, her profession is professional development. She's a online Google classroom expert. And she, that's what she does. She works with teachers as a, as a professional developer all the time, hundred percent freelance um, consultant kind of person. And, um she's written a few books you may be familiar with it because she's in the in the dave burgess um stable of authors as well alice keeler oh and my gosh recently, yeah yeah so uh, recently um we were having a conversation and she was saying to me you know what's the appropriate amount of time for distance for kids to be in in a in a uh, doing learning at home at this time distance learning 90 minutes a day <laughs> it's as random a number as any other number right it's just right. where do we uh i saw this crazy article states all over the nation have completely different
0: oh yeah. ideas
1: of what what should be um what should be the the number of minutes given to instruction and so on and so forth and i just i want to fall back on in the book, um, you mentioned the the book Math Recess. Um, I wrote I wrote the chapter on Finland because I've spent some time um, for my graduation present. My wife said yes to me going to <laughs> Finland for for a week um, on an educational tour that uh, with been some other people. From, I'm sure it was amazing and. Uh, one of the things that you see in places like Finland and the reason to talk about Finland is because they, you know, they have been for the last 15 years, you know, at the top of the, of the educational performance Mm -hmm. assessments, right? the PISA assessments and Tim's as well. And they, um, you know, you go there and they talk about how much time the kids are playing and they talk about, um, not worrying so much about what standard you're teaching today. In fact, they don't even talk about standards like that. Um, their Their greatest challenge right now is how to um, their their national curriculum uh, in twenty sixteen or so adopted the idea that every child at every grade level in every year will have to take on a multi-day, student-centered, student-driven, learning, transdisciplinary learning experience. Really? Every student, every year, every age.
0: All the way through.
1: All the way through from kindergarten through the end of upper secondary. Okay, And they, the teachers were like, well, how do we do that? But they took it on as a, you know, pretty much as a challenge and they've been playing at it and getting better and writing new, 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 uh investigations for, for kids. They didn't panic. They didn't worry. They just said the beauty of it is it's student driven. So what is it that, that they want to learn about? And, and how do you, how do you assist them to do it? It's
0: um, that's pretty amazing. Learn
1: and so can so can the the adults in the room.
0: Oh yeah, we learn. I learn just as much from these little ones every single day as as they do yes. from me. Probably more. You know, like we yes. you know that as an educator too. We learn. I'm uh, it's constantly learning, and then that's what's cool about education is as a teacher you you have to constantly keep learning to keep up with the times. But wow to be able to study and, and and see that firsthand in finland had had to have been phenomenal cuz yeah that's uh-huh. you know, they're doing something right there's no doubt about it <laughs> they really are there's
1: they're you know but they but part of it is because they've changed their focus mm-hmm. right they their focus is about helping the child to develop and become whoever it is they're going to be they're not they're not trying to um make sure every kid um uh, masters right each ma- you know minute little standard within the a, a language language arts or um you know mathematics
0: mm-hmm. well, it's, it's okay. one of those things cuz cuz kids no matter what grade level are 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 different in in so many aspects i mean my two i have two kids and when it comes to learning they are they're both hard workers but what they find an interest in, or I guess what they're passionate about when it comes to learning is is so different. Um, so I love that thought process it has, I mean, we, I don't know why we haven't thought of this sooner here to, to make it more. And I know there's a lot of educators that do to make it more student centered, but it, it just has to be, I mean, we think right. about the way we like to learn. You know, I tell teachers this when I go and work with them all the time, think about, you know, and when, when we're putting books in kids' hands or we're letting kids read certain things or write certain things, I do a lot of training on writing and I, I always remind mm-hmm. teachers that there's nothing in our writing standards that tells us what students have to write about. It just tells them the the skills they need to learn as writers. So you right. as an adult like to write about things that are passionate to you. Why not let the kids write about things that are passionate to them instead of giving them the same prompt for every single student, every single day. So, and that kind of goes along the same lines of students that are learning, but um, you've kind of answered some of the questions, but I, I kind of want you to, to give your piece on it. Cause I know you, you've kind of told what, what what you've seen and witnessed and whatnot but I I love when I'm looking at the book on on Amazon the first thing you see under the title listeners if you go check it out just type in math recess says let's play math in in these giant bold letters and I love that and and to quote the the little review here says in the theme of recess where a treasure chest of balls ropes and toys would be kept for children to play with this book holds a deep and imaginative collection of fun mathematical ideas puzzles and problems and I, I I love that like just the fact that it says, "Let's play math." So as a co-author of this book, um, mm-hmm. when someone says to you, "Why?" And I ask all my guests this, because, because you get it, and, and a lot of other educators get it, but there's a lot of people still in the world that don't think the way we think, that don't have this mindset that this stuff is important. And like you said, hopefully after mm-hmm. all of this, that mindset comes back as an important one. But yeah, when people say, "Listen, Dr. Brownell, why why play?" Why, why, why write about it? Why talk about it? What's the purpose behind it? What's your, what's your go-to answer there? My go-to answer.
1: My go-to answer is
0: because it works. I like that. Right. <laughs> That's I, period. We it, can it, just drop the mic right there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Full stop. If, if you, sometimes I, let's think of it this way. How do you know you are fluent in another language. Well, for me, the best measure for, for, for fluency in a foreign, in a new language, is do you get the joke? Right. Right. Can someone tell you a joke in Spanish or Portuguese and you laugh? Because jokes always require you to be able to play with the language. Mm-hmm. They they work on subtleties and ironies and nuances of meaning, and that's what makes things funny, right?
0: Right. That's a good way it's to think about it.
1: Subtlety, it's the subtlety. It's that play that lets you know you have real command of the language, and it's the, the ability to play with mathematics that allows you to to genuinely be um, uh, be be in command of it, um, right? Yeah, to
0: show a true understanding of it,
1: right? So in the in the book, we we uh, mention uh, Wayne Gretzky and how he would play. How did he be? How did he become so great? Yes, he did drills, but mostly he played at his drills. He mm-hmm. turned those into games, and he 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 went about it in a, with a playful attitude, and that way, when he was in the situation he was just playing as though i mean he and the puck were one in in hockey right? right and how do you how do you get that place the only way to get to that place is by diving in and swimming deep in i mean in the deepest possible waters so um let's part of the problem with with american math curriculum is not that it has too much it's that it has too little opportunity mm-hmm. to genuinely play there's nothing less playful than memorize this mean <laughs> you know this mindless set of right. algorithms
0: yeah the, you so, know at the, the elementary level and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it too like a lot of the the mindless stuff when when, it, when I see like elementary curriculums and I ha, I had one I mean I was the teacher and I read about this in my book like I was the teacher who I did everything that I was supposed to do and that my administration required me to do but my admin and I think one of the reasons I became so successful in this and our school is so successful was they let us teach they, they said these are the goals I mean these are the state mandated things you have to do here's the stuff we're supplying but teach you know just, just teach and I noticed that that when I was allowed to do that the math came so much better because a lot of the curriculums when you talk about mindless algorithm stuff at our age level the little ones I taught kindergarten it was a lot of just handwriting practice and it might have been called handwriting time not math time because it wasn't it was copying numbers you know it wasn't really had to do anything with the the math concepts it was a lot of handwriting and while there's an importance to that it, it didn't require us teaching math to do those little worksheets you know so yeah, I, I used another word too, diving in and just do it. And I think that's one of the big parts about any type of learning is when we just allow kids to, to do things and experience things. And, and I know you guys talk about a lot of that in the book as well.
1: Well, if you're going to, you know, if you teach people, you're going to have to trust that you're going to have to trust the learning process. And we, as a species learn by nature. I mean, it is, it is how we interact with our environment and, mm-hmm. It's how we go about making sense of things. It's um, it's it's how we learn to appreciate beauty. It's how we learn to appreciate um, hardship and and victory. And it's it's by it's by doing. It's not by having stuff shoved at us and told that you're gonna you know told to us. We're we're better off when we um, experience these things.
0: Very cool. Um, yeah.
1: The other the other thing, you know, about play, um is is if you talk to professional mathematicians, people and and I'm not advocating that we we educate people to become mathematicians, but mm. I am ad you know, everyone needs to understand. Ah, uh, mathematics in some ways, and more and more so as as we move into the future. Mathematical right. thinking and mathematical reasoning are are going to be and are already very critically important, uh, especially now. How do you make sense of what's going on data wise around us? But if you if you talk with professional with mathematicians, people who have decided to um, make mathematics their their um avocation and their vocation, um they they talk about playing with ideas. Mathematics is is just it's it's a game, but the game is idea. The the objects are ideas. And right. you can apply mathematics to just about every subject.
0: Oh yeah. My my wife, so my wife taught she teaches second grade now, but she taught um eighth grade honors math for right. gosh. Nine nine years maybe maybe more before moving to second grade and she always knew she wanted elementary but math is still one of her I mean she some of the stuff that she gets her second graders do blows my mind I mean some of it I am not a math guy at all like it was not my forte it was not my passion Um, and now I see so what some of the the little ones are doing and it, it blows my mind my son can probably rattle off. He's in third grade and he can probably rattle off division facts faster than I can because <laughs> he just yeah. he is so good at it. But he he's been able to. He's got a teacher who has taught with the idea in mind that let's let them learn the way they learn, you know. And and he's he, mm-hmm. can, he can play games with it. And he I'm so glad you brought that up. That it, there is a lot of just playing around with it. So um, yeah, if a teacher, I guess you you're teaching at the collegiate level and high school. You've taught um, if a teacher is looking to do this type of stuff, you know, make math more playful and make make learning more playful in that way. What are your, your suggestions? Because a lot of people probably haven't taken this route because they're afraid. You know, I think a lot of what stops us in education is that fear of failure. Um, mm-hmm. Well, anything in life stops us to feel a fear of failure. But I, I talk to teachers all the time who are like, Oh my gosh, how did you, how did you make that work? Or how did you make this work? And I was like, I, I just, I just tried it. Like, like I just stepped out. And like you said, dive deep and swim. So what kind of suggestions do you have for educators who are, are wanting to venture into this realm besides picking up your book and reading it. But uh, other than that, what are some, some suggestions you have for, for teachers who might want to experiment with more playful math?
1: Um,
0: I, you nailed it. I
1: think, you know, just, <laughs> you really did. Um, yeah. Another, another important thing I think is to get past the need to be the expert in the room. Right, um, you don't have to know, and you don't have to know the answer before you start asking the question. In fact, the less often you know the you know the end, um, mm-hmm. the more often the beginning is really exciting and and the and the journey is a lot of fun. Um, and and that's really contrary, I think, to how we teach what we what we try to instill in people, in people's minds about what mathematics is, you know, mathematics isn't a collection of things to take you, um, that, that we want everybody to know to get to all these sets of right answers. Right. Right. Um, it's really, a, it's a mindset. It's a way of viewing the world. It's a, it's, um, it's a set of processes. There's a, there's another, there's an article out, um, it's, it's old now, it came out before the Common Core, uh, before the standards of mathematical practice that came into the Common Core. Um, a researcher by the, by the name of uh, Al Cuoco wrote a, a preface to a geometry book um, called uh, Habits of Mind, Math, the Habits of Mind of, of Mathematics. Uh, mathematics and mathematicians and within there he draws all of these great similes and analogies about what it means to be a mathematical thinker and he talks about mathematic mathematicians are tinkerers Mm -hmm. mathematicians think big to understand small they think small and try to understand big and he gives these all of these great um um sets of couplets really of of ideas that he links together that feel as though they are paradoxical and at the same time they shed light on how how it how math how mathematical thought takes place right and and we all can think mathematically and so um not not allowing yourself to think mathematically, I see as a human trag as a tragedy. It's it's a shame um that so many adults make it to adulthood and and say to me, Oh, I'm not a math person. I could never be a math person. Right. I hated math. I had I'm I have so many people come up to me over the years and put their fingers up in the sign of a cross when they find out. <laughs> oh my gosh, get back from me, Satan! You know, it's like um, you, math teacher. You, it's like you're the very embodiment of evil. But in fact, mathematics is a, it's a fine work of human creation. It's one of the most. It's it's, it's as creative an act as anything else
0: yeah it's, and, it's it's deep and it, i think i think part of the reason yeah. adults will say that and I'll, I'll be honest i i'm one who you know i said it just a little while ago i wasn't a math person <laughs> i think a lot of it has to do with with the way we were way we were taught and that's what makes me so happy to hear you say that you're on this mission to, to shift that thinking because i wasn't taught math and nothing against my educators i mean i had some great teachers but i wasn't right. taught in a in a way of doing i was taught math by watching my professor or my teacher in high school write with a visa V marker on an overhead projector and say, solve this, solve yes. this, solve this, you know? So yes. that's why I think <laughs> your book and your and your mindset right now I is, that way. is did you, right. Like is, is so important. And we, you know, I, I talk about it's funny when you gave told about yourself at the beginning how you were one who was, you know, run off the stage at graduation. I think it's it's interesting to hear that because in my book and in my introduction of me, I kind of tell the same story. I mean I I I didn't hate school I, I love school I just don't remember working hard at school and then when I went to college I I almost failed out of college my freshman year because I was in this new world and I just I didn't want to learn mm-hmm. I just wanted to hang out and have fun you know so it's funny to hear I mean it's 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 cool to hear another guy say that that he was on that path and now he's a teacher because I I have a lot of people who say to me like wait you're you're a teacher like because didn't you almost fail out of college <laughs> and so he's it's, it's to hear those things but my big part was, just like I said about math, was I wasn't taught in a way that was exciting to me, and that's why it it wasn't exciting to learn it. And um luckily, you know, I, i've I was able to come up with this mindset early on in my career as a teacher was if I want these kids to have fun in school, then we need to make it fun for them to be there. And I know that they're going to learn everything I, I feed to them. They're going to get it all eventually, but do we want them to get it just by, you know, pounding into their heads or get it by, like you said, learning through experience and when I shifted that mindset and kind of turned my classroom into a student-centered approach it it took off and it was amazing to see their little minds click you know I could you could you could see the wheels turn in their heads when you just let them let them be and let them do and let them be kids and it's it's amazing to see that happen
1: yeah there's I guess it comes down to do you want do you want your kids at the end of your their experience with you, do you want to be able to say, oh, look, all of my kids were able to um, show with mastery um, <laughs> the, all of these, these 85 or 120 standards? Right. Or is it more important that your kids come out at the end of your class more more excited to go to keep learning Mm -hmm. wishing they could stay with with you wishing that they could stay in the place of of engaged um minds engaged brains engaged bodies and and genuinely excited to be in the learning process
0: right yeah that's if, one thing that defines success for me was was right i, I knew they were going to get the stuff i always tell teachers all the time like they're going to learn to read they're going to learn math they're going to learn to write they're going to they're going to learn those things but especially as an early childhood teacher and then i think also especially as a high school teacher like if if we can make them want to walk through that door with a smile on their face then that's what defines you as a s- successful teacher i think it's yes. it's not about the stuff it's i always tell people it, it's it's the substance over the stuff you know the, the stuff is going to come but there has to be a substance there that makes them want to do it. So um, it, it's amazing to me. We, we just met today, like we've been talking through email and, and our, our mindsets are so alike, I, I love this. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm so interested in hearing more about you, your your thought process on the, the shift and how this is gonna help education and, and anything about you. So anybody that wants to learn more about you, Chris, how can how can people follow you or find you or what's the best way to keep in touch with with you?
1: Uh, I'm. You can find me on Twitter at c brown l math. Um, uh, you can send me email uh, mathedresearcher at gmail I'm. Uh, m- my face is all over the Fresno Pacific uh, website, uh, <laughs> Fresno Pacific University website. You can find me there. Um, the book has a has a website called mathrecessbook dot Okay. And you can you can go there and find more out about the book. Um, didn't talk enough about the book is chucked full of, you mentioned it, the games and puzzles and problems. And any of those uh, puzzles, problems, games have, uh, we've developed and have links f- to online versions of them. Oh, perfect. Um, and you can, and so, and every link that's within the book that we put into the book is also on that webpage. Um, so, uh, you don't have to type out HTTPS, blah, 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 blah. Or you don't even have to use, we, we included QR codes for a number of things to take you various places about the web. But all of that is, um, there's a, the accompanying, the accompanying page has all of that stuff, uh, built into it already. So very
0: cool. Can, well, we'll link that all in the, the show notes as well too. And, um, Tell us. So you keep saying we. Tell us more about your your co author of the book too, because I know it was a joint project. Um,
1: sounds oh, like an. Yeah.
0: It just. I I I. I'm reading all these reviews too, which blow my mind. You've got some big name people with reviews on Amazon here that just. It's pretty amazing to see.
1: Yeah, we we've been really really fortunate. Um, a lot of people resonated with our with our thinking, and um, uh, Sunil, Sunil Singh is a is a math consultant uh in Ontario he lives in Toronto actually Toronto Canada okay um and uh we met over facebook and uh when he was writing his first book called uh, the pie of life and um we we connected and hung out at a NCTM conference in San Francisco in 2016 and bandied things about bandied some ideas about around another book and we we kind of started writing this book under a different title i think we mentioned it in the book but originally the book was going to be uh the math mathematics for the beach bar and barbecue because (laughs) um uh we we wanted originally we wanted to write a book that was about you know sort of a Sort of evangelistic in the sense that it would bring you bring more people into the fold of understanding that mathematics is fun, right? And 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 genuinely a good thing to do. And we turned it um, once we got to working with the with the publisher. We turned it into a book that's much more, I think, has more application to to classrooms, and that's that's um, that was important in the long run for us to do, right? Um, and, but it's still, it's still appropriate for people outside of the education world to read, I think. in fact, yeah, and especially
0: um, right now. I mean, the, everybody outside the education world has been thrown into the education world as, as homeschool has become the thing of the, the current situation. So I think that's yeah. perfect. And I know in one of the reviews it even talks about, you know, for parents, teachers, administrators, anyone looking to, to make math more fun. Um, so, yeah, it's a yeah. perfect read for right now
1: i think so i i i really i i just in fact i was so i'm so uh committed to that idea i there's a small little birdhouse sort of uh community library on a trail walking trail right near where i live here yeah i don't know do you have
0: those there we do, where they people call them- just Little little free little free libraries around here. Yeah, people drop off books and you can take a book and- yeah, drop
1: off books. I just I just felt the need to drop off a copy there just this morning, in fact. And so we'll see if anybody picks it That's up. That's a and cool reads idea. It. I left I I left a note in it and um hoping that somebody in the neighborhood picks it up and reads it and challenges their kids to play some sprouts or nim or something like that. I like to-
0: that idea. I'm gonna have to do that with one of mine. That's a good thought. Yeah. And yeah. really, that's when, when um, so when mine came out, it was supposed to be a, a later publication date than it was. And then um, Dave and Shelley from DBC gave me a call and they're like, listen, we, we want to push yours forward. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And they're like, we just think parents are going to eat this up because you made it so simple. And that's one thing I was so proud of. And and I as I'm reading reviews, like I said, of your book, I mean, that seems to be the praises people are singing. Highly recommend for everyone, all grade levels. So my favorite review, though, I think the, the title of it was Amazing book, How to Think About Math. And I, I think that speaks volumes to the way you guys wrote it, that it's not just yeah. here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea, overload. It's this is how we should be thinking about this term mathematics or this subject of math. And I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's a huge compliment to you as authors, I think.
1: Well, that's, that's part of why we, we included the language about disruption in the title, right? right. I, we, we really perceive the need to disrupt the present perspective mm-hmm. on on mathematics that's our that's our real call our real goal is to say look everybody shake it up this is the, <laughs> the, the you need to shake up your perception about mathematics the it what you were taught we go so far as to say what you were taught is not math mm mm-hmm. You were taught a bunch of things that were really important to people getting ready for the space race in the 1960s.
0: <laughs> it's, it hasn't changed. <laughs>
1: it, it, it's not necessarily critical in the 21st century anymore. Right. I mean, if you if we had time, I'd talk to you about my my next project or the project I'm working on now, which is a data science curriculum. Oh, really? I'm I'm super excited about this. That. Um, it's a curriculum for the high school, and here in California, we are working with the University of California and the state State Board of Education. We we know people in both places. Um, I, I'm working with with uh, Stan folks at Stanford, U uh, no Cubed, and we are we genuinely believe we will be able to write a curriculum to replace Algebra Two.
0: Well, I'm super interested to hear about that for sure. And I know I've With got some, a lot of friends that teach high school that will have to have to keep on the track for that and follow that. Is that type yeah. of stuff you share out on, on Twitter and like projects that you're sharing out as it as it goes along? Or is this going to be like a, when you're done, boom, here you go world. We're
1: not, we're not ready to deliver things out to, to the larger world. We, I, I've actually just kind of recently been granted permission to actually say that we're working on okay. this. And so, um, <laughs> But this is this is where things are going, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting time, I think. Well, that's and super exciting. Yeah, at a really great time.
0: Yeah, you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head with with you're 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 right. Like you said, right at the right time. The 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 situation we're all in. So, I'm excited to follow that. I'm not a high school math teacher, but I'm excited to see where that goes because I think any type of disruption or change or shift like that. Once it happens for one subject, other people are or, or area, I guess, other people are going to mm-hmm. start to see. Once one teacher does it and it gets out there, people are be like, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is what we should be doing." So, yeah, mm-hmm. great job. Good luck to you with that. I'm excited to see it happen. Thanks. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you for chatting today. I, I'm so excited to hear more from you and and follow along with you. And uh, definitely, uh, listeners, uh, will put all the links below in the show notes. So listen to all of that. Check it out especially those free game links that, that Chris mentioned. And uh, if yeah. haven't yet, go pick up the book, Math Recess, Playful Learning in an Age of Disruption. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit CuckooKangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode.
1: Because you are the best.